All right, all right, we are live, episode 14, with Travis Papa Bear Rogers. Just waiting for him to get in. As soon as he jumps on, we'll get this thing going. Got a couple good questions for him. We're going to get him going. As soon as he jumps in, we'll be good to go. Let me wave out the people, see what's up. Magnavita's in the building. What's up, big guy? What's up, big fella? Waiting on Papa Bear, and we're getting to get this thing going. Oh, man. Send an invite. Papa Bear. Invited. Same old shit, brother. How you doing? Training going well? Saw your squats. You look like you're smoking everything. So we like that. We like to see that. Restart this real quick. Hold on one second. Four days out, huh? Something big coming? I'm going to shoot you a message later. We got to get you on here after that. After you uh, blow something big up, we'll get you on here. We can talk all about it. Just waiting on my man, Papa Bear. Message him, see where he's at. One second, people. One second. One second. Mr. Rogers, where you at? All right, he'll be in in one minute. Just waiting on him, and we'll get this thing going. Hello, Denise. How are you? How is your day going? Hold on guys, let me message this guy Trav and I'll get right back to you. As soon as I message him, we'll get right back going. Oh, here he is, here he is, hold on one second. What's up, big fella? How you doing? Good, man. Hold on one second. I'm trying to get you to Bluetooth to this uh, speaker. All right, yeah. Take your time. All 
right, just waiting on Travis. He's having some technical difficulties. He's going to log into Bluetooth, and we're going to get this thing going. Guys, if you've got questions, leave them as we're going. We'll answer everything. We'll ask everything. No holds barred. Everything goes. Please drop as many questions. Drop as much shit as you want. Yes, sir, this will be interview style and a lot of shit talk. So whenever you want, drop it on us. I'll ask. We'll get them going. You good? Yeah, I think I'm good now. So what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, dude. You out? I'll see you tomorrow. All right, later. All right, so we got some people wrapping up the gym. It's pretty uh, It's pretty chill here on Wednesdays. Um, <clears throat> usually everybody trains, like, uh, real hard. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and everyone takes off. So um, I'm getting my last SBD day in. And uh, so it's been good, man. How about you? Same old, bro. Just grinding away. You know what I mean? Yeah. When's the last time we saw each other? The pro? <sighs> the pro, yep. Yeah, the pro. It's been a minute. So are you signed up for the pro next year? Uh, I am talking to uh, Micah right now, actually, because um, he's the one running uh, Freaks this weekend. Gotcha. Well, I'll see him in a couple days. Um, I'm talking about it. I'm trying to convince him to let me do uh, day three wraps, but in single ply. Because gotcha. I know they usually don't do uh, ply at those. Yeah. So and to bring like a bigger uh, audience to geared lifting and stuff. So I think that'd be pretty cool. And I'm oh, pretty sure he's supportive of it as well, considering he's a pretty big single ply guy, if you don't know. Well, for sure. Yeah. He just had a really good meet, man. He just did like. Uh, Something crazy, even with his pec tear, man. I think he went raw bench in a single ply category and still had like 2K plus. Oh, I know. I know. Insane. At what? Was he Wild. 181 or 198? Uh, he's one. I think he went 198 for this one, maybe heavier. I know. I know he wasn't going to cut for it because of his pec. So. So you're competing next weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. This next week, weekend. This, yeah, next weekend. So what's the goals? Uh, right now, um, the openers solidify 2K plus. So yep. I'm doing uh, – I'm being a little conservative squat, probably like 672, 680. Yeah. Then I'm probably going to go into low sevens, like 711. Okay. Um, see how that feels. If it feels wonky on, you know, the old robot knees, I might just call it there. And yep. uh, live, to, live to fight another day. I'm just happy to be able to squat again. So I'll oh, probably sure. do that. Um. Bench I'm opening in at six uh, 622. So I'm a little – little nervous about that not, oh, yeah. not with the weight but um i talked to micah and like we're gonna have the right people in place for like a five-man team and stuff so yeah, yeah. safe with it and then of course uh deadlift's kind of the bread and butter so hopefully it doesn't fail me there i'm opening up for like 717 yep so now this is going to be your first full power meet in gear correct or single ply yeah so this will be the first full power meet back and also um the first one in multi so yeah Gotcha. Oh, Mike just uh, joined in. Mike just joined in. Mike, what's up? Oh, did he for real? Yep. So, yeah, we're going to um, – so, yeah, first single ply full gear me. I mean, how do you feel going into it? Are you feeling confident? Are you feeling nervous? A little bit of both? What? Um, It's always really weird, like, uh, especially since, like, um, you know, like, on my last SBD day, this is my first time I've ever done it, Um, like, wearing briefs. So yeah, 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 it's weird because like in a in a you know a tighter pair of briefs, like you kind of need like five plus to even get close. So it's like oh for sure, for sure. Yeah, so like I was in a, a tight pair of thirty uh, eights today that are uh, grid stitched, and I was like, 
it was a little, a little hard getting in the hole with only like four plates. So I was like, I mean, I know it's there and stuff, so I'm not worried about it. I'm not one of those yeah, guys sure. who like depth is going to be there on meat day. Um, <laughs> do we have way too many of those? Um, oh, but uh, um, no, man, I, I feel good. I feel confident. Um, I had some wrist issues like two or three weeks ago that I didn't really talk about. Um, yep. I usually keep those things under wraps unless it's like a, you know, catastrophic injury. But um, I had been talking to Amber a lot and she said, you know, up the uh, up any kind of bone health kind of stuff because that much pressure on your joints and stuff coming yeah. from like, the shirts. Thank you. Um, my gym wife just brought me uh, more liquid <laughs> death, so I don't cop out on my water load while I'm on the podcast. Yeah, how much are you loading now? Um, so today's the highest water cut day. Um, I'm following the same protocol I published on Elite FTS um, last year. A lot of people had a really good result with it. Um, it's the one I follow. I've perfected over the last couple, like probably five years. Um, I've never heard somebody say that. I just saw one of the comments says, why do people say equipped lifting is for pussy? Oh, I saw that. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're going to get into all of that. Trust me. Yeah, we're yeah. Gonna um, yeah, so stay tuned for, the, for those kind of insights. Um, <laughs> uh, so today's three, three gallons no salt. Yesterday was two and a half with salt. Yeah. So tomorrow starts the flush. So I'm saving one can of liquid death to chug tomorrow morning to get it started. Yeah. And then that's it, man. Got the... Uh, the infrared sauna tents off of Amazon, man. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. Yeah. What do you got? How much you got to cut? Um, I'm actually gonna weigh in pretty light. Um, I'm going for some some bonus points here gotcha. for the shots. Um, I think. Uh, so I I walked into I did a push pull single ply last weekend. Uh, Just took my openers, used it as a training day. I wanted to support my really good friends Ralph and everybody at Death Wish over at Delco. Yeah. Um, Went really good. Opened up with 510 um, in an LCC Super Katana. And then um, it's pretty loose on me. So, like, it wasn't anything, like, crazy. And then uh, I was in a single-ply velocity suit um, with no Velcro and stuff. Because if you start looking at rule books and stuff, and that was something, like, even as a referee for USBA, like, I had to really check other feds' rule books as far as, like, when you get overlapping pieces of Velcro they'll consider it double ply, even if it's a single ply suit. Really? Yeah. Did somebody just say they're taking my deadlift record? I saw that. Yep. I'm coming for your FP raw deadlift record in December. <laughs> Mike's yeah. keyboard, what's up? What's FP? Oh, full power. Full power. Oh, I was gotcha, like, gotcha. I was I'm wondering so what that to, was too. Yeah, I'm so used to seeing uh, SP. Um, yeah. That now it's FP. I see my, my boy Rob, who hands me off all his benches in here talking mad shit. He's a, <laughs> he's a huge meat eater. <laughs> so, um, so I want to talk about, like, the, the transition initially into gear. Was that something that you planned pre-injury, or was that brought because of the injury? Um, so I dabbled in uh, briefs. I got a pair of uh, single-ply, like, Titan Centurions um, yeah. that I really liked, and that was fun because it was starting to let me overload my squat just a little bit and they weren't crazy tight. Like I could get into them by myself. Um, I didn't need a carpet puller at the time. Like I wasn't in that heavy, just a little bit of support. It helped me a lot with my hips. Yep. Um, but I, I think I had been in a shirt one time, maybe ordered a shirt and got to like a two or three board. And then like a week or two after is when the injury happened. So I didn't yeah. really get into like full lifting in gear and stuff until I got back from the injury. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so I mean, 
something with obviously the elephant in the room, gear versus multiply here. Yeah, yeah. So where where, where do we want to start? Um, <laughs> so I, I guess we could start at uh, gear gears for pussies. Um, I saw that comment. Yeah, um, let's start with that. So I mean, I think it's really, I think it's really. Dude, all my friends in here asking me fucking shit. Everybody asks me, what's the name of this song? <laughs> every every Instagram video, people don't check the reels and they'll be like, comment, yeah, what yeah, song? Yeah. What song? And I'm like, that drives me fucking, fucking crazy. Yeah, I was like, I post my Spotify open playlist to here for people to listen to. Um, so if you are listening and you want some good music, all six of my Spotify playlists for the gym are open in the public. So I think it's just like Papa Vera Rogers on Spotify. You can follow any of them and get all the names of all the fucking songs. Or or use or use fucking Shazam like you're in high school and figure that shit out for yourself. <laughs> um, but uh, I would say it's it's two totally different animals. Um, learning how to like manipulate the suits it's it's cool because like you compete in rap so you you and you're around a lot of multiply guys. Yeah. So yeah. I mean it's obviously easier to relate and for you to see from your experience as well. But it's like. I try to tell people who have least dabbled in raps, it's kind of like how each rap has its own feel and yeah. like buoyancy to it and cast. So like you really figure out like in the middle, like what you like and what works for you. Yeah. But like all the suits and stuff are the same way. They all feel different. They react different. They, it depends on um, <laughs> what is Shazam. <laughs> if you got to ask, you don't need to know big man. Yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, I like the I like the pops of single fly suits. So I think once I'm done with uh, this multi meet, I'm gonna start working back to uh, um, single fly equipment. I got yeah. a really good hand me down, um, dude. It's barely been used. It's like a 2014 Overkill single ply suit, like custom. Yeah. Um, that my buddy my buddy Doug that owns uh, Great Lake uh, Great Lakes Powerlifting in Michigan. When they came down for the uninvitational, he brought it for me. And it took like three of us to get me into it. But that thing, oh, shit. That thing's so, a fucking beast. So I'm going to yeah. be in that for sure. Um, but it's just, it's a totally different feel. And I think what I would describe it as like raw and raw with wraps is like, yeah, you have to get really strong. And you have to get really good um, technique. Mm -hmm. But when you're in gear, it's like, far getting, more technical it's it's like getting really strong again but you can only do it in a really small box yep yep right and you can only showcase the strength for the amount of skill you've built in that skill set you know what i mean so like exactly. for example you could get stronger in a shirt and yeah you can blast 600 pounds to a two or three board but do you have the skill to take it from your chest you know to what touch I mean? like, it, and it, to touch yeah. it and get it all the way back yeah and i mean people don't understand that um I see Mike's in here um, asking if I'll ever compete raw again. Um, I'd say there's a chance. Definitely raw with wraps. Definitely yeah, raw yeah. with wraps. Um, maybe for fun, it probably wouldn't try to beat my like my like 98 top 10 totals or something like that. Um, but I, I think I would definitely do it again. I would probably start off like I did with equipment though, and maybe just do like a push pull only, like just feel yeah. it out a little bit. Um, I mean, I that's gotta be, I I mean would... what's your level of confidence, you know what I mean, as far as the quads yeah. go and everything. It, it, it all depends yeah. on that, you know? I think it's funny, too, because, like, a lot of people in this chat, I already see this shit fucking talking right now. Um, like, half these people who are talking shit are like, oh, you're just doing it because this person did it, or 
equipped is easier. Man, shut the fuck up. You don't know shit about anything. And I did seven years fucking raw, and I got all the open powerlifting to fucking prove it and the top tens the last four years to prove it. So, like, I've done both sides, right? Like, I got it right here. Yeah, yeah, but fucking in writing, man. So, like, people don't understand that shit, and it's not easier. It's different. And I think that's why so many people flex against it is because they, like, they just see it and they relate it to, like, old heads or a certain style of training and like they don't understand like you can do a lot of raw stuff with gear and a lot of geared stuff with raw like they act like we're in fucking suits all the time well like, it's I mean, crazy it's, it's it's one you know they don't realize you know like you said i'm in a predominantly multiply gym um you know i have my opinions about multiply prior to joining but i wasn't very versed in the sport at all and now I have a newfound respect for it just from learning and seeing what they did. And then when I tried on the shit myself, a brand new respect for everything. You know what I mean? Um, you know, people think you, if you're a, let's just say a 500 bencher, you're going to throw on a shirt and bench eight, 900. And yeah, it just that's, it and just that's, I think that's the misconception too. Like people just think like you hop in this motherfucker and it's a slingshot. Like it's, yeah, exactly. It's not, they just like, think, they just think it's automatic added weight and that's just not the case. You know what I no, mean? Dude. I, put, I put on briefs for the first time. And I kind of had a little bit of the same assumption. And I squatted a lesser max in briefs than I did in my wraps, raw. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, like uh, this multiply meet I'm about to do right now, um, I'm hoping to finish somewhere in like the 720s, maybe low 730s. I yeah. fucking squat 744, 750 raw with wraps. Like, so it's lower because that's what I, I mean. It's, it's, it's a whole different learning curve. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, I'm coming back like from an injury but like i also personally i mean i'm the first one to admit like i i don't have that skill set yet to yeah. beat my raw lifts like i don't i don't i yeah. haven't developed yet i've only been in gear for like four or five months now like i don't have but, it yet and but i will but that's the thing like people don't fucking understand that well especially guys like us we're very narrow squatters too and if you get in briefs i mean there are guys that squat semi-narrow in briefs um, Micah kind of squats narrow-ish, I would say. Yeah. One of the mo more narrow guys for briefs. But you, you got to get out wide, you know what I mean, to get the most out of it. And yeah, just, and that's the thing too, man. Like, that's I the learning curve. And uh, I've been talking a lot to, like, Bruce Mason, who coaches some of the guys down here at Black Flag. Really good guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Rob. He says, bro, <laughs> bro's got titanium knees. He's cheating, yo. <laughs> I was lucky they didn't have to do full titanium knees. I only got three anchors in each one. Did um, they load? Did they load springs in there or no? No, no loaded springs. I fucking wish. If I could go back and have a second surgery, springs for sure. For sure. Um, actually, it was funny. So last weekend at the push pull, that was my first meet I've ever had to do like the medical thing, where I actually had to showcase like, hey, do you want to see what negative seven degrees flexion looks like? Like, yeah, yeah. my shit doesn't lock out. So, like, when I lock out a deadlift or I lock out a squat, sometimes my one leg will shake really bad. And it's because that motherfucker is just, like, it's locked out. but It, it just, just don't can't go any further. Yeah, it just doesn't medically go any further. So, now <laughs> I actually have to, like, show people that. So, so that'll so be me this weekend, too. You got to show your head refs, man. Yeah, for sure. So... As we're while we're on the topic of the shit talk and all that stuff and, and the and the misperceptions behind everything, who the fuck had you so riled up the other day? What was Dude, it? Okay, <laughs> so 
Um, I, I fucking hope I haven't seen all these. I haven't seen everybody who's in this chat and shit, but I fucking hope you're listening, you piece of shit. Um, so I, cause I know there's going to be motherfuckers at exile. Uh, hey, there's people at exile been talking shit. There's people down here that are more local to me talking shit that come to my fucking meets that come pay money to compete at my gym and see me and won't fucking say shit to my face. Of like, course. I'm just so sick of like, how hard me and my wife and like all the people here at the cave have been trying to grow the sport here in the DMV area and doing shit for people and handing out fucking crazy prizes and all that shit. And everybody's just got negative fucking shit to say. Like if you think I've been state chairman for two years, if you think you could fucking do it better, be my fucking guest, shell out the money, shell out the fucking time, show all these people how much you fucking care. Let them in your gym. Oh, wait, you don't fucking have one. Yeah. Right? Like, all the shit I've worked hard for to make sure other people have a spot for this shit and to care about it as much as I do, step the fuck up then. Because all I well, see is a bunch of fucking belly acres, dude. Of course. And, I mean, that's what, uh, over the last, I don't know, four or five weeks, I've made it a point to everyone that I brought on the podcast, someone that's really given back to the sport. You know what I mean? Not just not just a guy with a crazy toll or whatever, but I had Amber who started the main event project with Leah and them. Yeah. I had, you know, Laura Phelps, who's the queen of multiply powerlifting. You know, people that really give them back. And, and it's crazy to think that, you know, these are also some of the people under the most scrutiny sometimes, like yourself, you know what I mean? You yeah. you, you throw meats. You throw meats pretty often from what I see. Yeah. Um, you, you give back to the sport. You do a lot for the sport in both – and now you're trying to bridge a gap almost like I am with, with between the two with raw and multiply. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and trying to, to get people from each side to respect what the other side does, even though it's a different sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's my thing too. Like it's, it's even come down like, yes, I work for the USBA, but dude, it comes down to, it's not your fed. Like everybody keeps talking that shit. Like, Oh, I won't do this fed. I won't do that fed. Bro, it comes down to your hosts and it comes down to your meat directors. Like, I've been to plenty, like, I'll say it out loud. I don't give a shit. I've been to plenty of shitty USBA meets, yeah. right? I've been to plenty of shitty RPS meets. Mm -hmm. I've done lots of fucking shitty meets, right? Where I go and the quality of the meat is not one I myself would throw to the, for that quality for my own lifters here, right? Mm -hmm. And so, number one, as a business owner and somebody who's going to throw meats, like, you learn from that. You know, like, hey, this is there's no need to get upset because this is a prime example of what I want people to not experience at my gym, to yep. not experience in my event, you know? Yep. Well, I mean, so, I mean, that's a great point. It's, it's not always the Federation. It's mostly meet directors. Yeah. The like, judges who, put in who's place. There just fucking, you know, do the math, dude. $125 for registration. If you're including t-shirts, right? Most of them 125 most of them don't do up the designs I do, so they don't print front and back. So I know their T-shirts are fucking 10 bucks. They don't cost like $17, $18 to print. You yeah. know what I mean? And who's pocketing all that money? So if you got $125 you know, dollar entry fee times fucking 60 lifter cap, bro, it does not take that much money. Plus, you're making spectator and door money, right? Because yep. I, I go around and I pay all my fucking refs, all my staff, all my everything straight fucking cash. Yep. Right. So everybody, I make sure everyone gets fucking paid before the day's even up. I start handing out money on fucking like second, second flight up to like deadlifts. Like I'm making yeah, sure yeah. everyone does not dip for their paid because I give a fuck and I want people to like 
understand that like this is a place I'm proud of and this is a place I want to be like yeah. and I want other people to be here too and there's so many people that have helped instill that in me who have taken that like from me who have gained that experience um I actually just saw MM Power joined uh that's my buddies Josh and Jim uh that run meets for me and on the other side of the bridge in Maryland Bobby Bowen from PA um all these wonderful people, Doug and Candy from Great Lakes. Like, dude, all these people have instilled this in me and made me want to try harder and be a better person. And through that has made them better. Like, it's just a big circle of people who give a fuck. For and sure. you need that. And you have that at your gym. I know Mike yeah. throws meets all the fucking time, man. And I'm yeah. dying to do one. I'm not going to lie. I really want to come down and do one <laughs> at your guys' gym. Where we got two planned for next year. I know we're definitely doing one in March. So yeah. keep an eye out for that. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, like you were saying, you know, it, it's not always the Federation, it's, it's the directors, it's the judging, it's the, the things set in place by the directors themselves. Because like you said, you've been to great RPS meets, shitty RPS meets, you've been to great USPA meets, shitty USPA meets, you know, people shit on like when I started, some, some of the first meets I did were metal militia meets. Yeah, and people shit on it called it a back, uh, like a backyard federation. This right, and that. Right. I went up to the Worlds. It was probably the, the dopest meet I ever went to before the American Pro. Right. I mean, the dude spent 30 grand in, in, in lighting and music and speakers and smoke and, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and it was a lifter first meet, you know what I mean? Like, not about the money he's making. It was for the lifter. It was Right, exactly. You, man. you know what I mean? So, so it's, it's really about the directors and the people putting on the show and not the federation. You can go to a shitty meet in any federation, or you could go to a great meet in any federation. You know what I mean? Hundred percent, man. And I mean, like talking like the shit, and we we talked about like some of the people talking shit, and it's just like, not only is it people like in my surrounding area, the worst part is it's people that like fucking know me personally, and like know me and Jess, and like, I know there's gonna be motherfuckers this Friday, this Saturday. Oh, bro, you did so awesome, man. You're recovery, man. Get the fuck away from me. Like, yeah. I know who's fucking shit talking. Like, we're having my whole gym come because they, they fucking care. They want to support. Yeah. And it's just crazy, man, because, like, people saying shit like, oh, he's only, he's only strong because he is in gear or, like, shit like that, man. Like, it's fucking crazy. I'm like, like, I'm not I mean, you to have top, you have top 20 all-time totals in two weight classes. Yeah, yeah, but I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Damn, you really did the open powerlifting uh, database over there. I always do before I start. Yeah, man, that's cool, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but it's like, people don't fucking understand that shit. And it's like, gear, no gear, dude, the fact that I'm, that I'm coming back and I'm, I'm going to have the ability to continue to do what I love. And like, I mean, I'm nervous as fuck, dude. I'm not going to lie. I'm super for scared sure. to walk out there and squat again for the first time. In front for of sure. Me. Oh, and I mean, by the way, uh, I see Mongo in here, and it's definitely not Mongo. Just so everybody knows, it's not Mongo. It's not John who's talking shit at Exile. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said he's about to slap some people, though. Um, no, but I mean, it, it, that's, it seems like that's always how it works, right? I mean, I'm sure you, I mean, you have a huge following. You've created a, a dope brand for yourself and your wife. Um, but like, it's always those people close to you that, that are, are the ones kind of, cause they don't want to see you do as well or, or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? They think they can do it better, but yeah. they, like you said, then, then come and do it. You know what I mean? Um, put the time in, do walk in your shoes a little bit and see what it's like. You know what I mean? 
yeah. your, your story to the normal person in powerlifting that, that doesn't have the, the, you know, huge ego or whatever it may be, or like the hateful personality, your story should be inspiring to everybody. You know what I mean? You yeah. blew out both your quads, you know what I mean? It, 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 and you're coming back way, well faster than expected. You know what I mean? And like you said, you're doing something you love for a living. So, I mean, there, there shouldn't be a reason for people to hate and talk shit, but they're always going to find something, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But like you said, it's going to be those same people that are close to you that are going to try to shake your hand this weekend or go up to you at the American Pro and tell you how dope you are. And then when you walk away, they're going to talk about you. It happens to me. It happens to everybody. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I get more saying, support. I'm not saying I'm singled out. I'm just saying. Oh, no. Bro, I'm, I'm ready to shut some motherfuckers up this week. I'm oh, ready for to sure. shit on some people's lives. I just think it's crazier, like you said, because not saying you were saying you're singled out, but like I, you, you tend to get more support from people you hardly know than like when I started this podcast, I was getting support from all over the place. And then people that were like supposed to be in my corner were kind of, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, feeling away about it. So it's just, it's weird how that, you know, happens. Yeah. No, I agree. And like on the other side of that, with like when we we're talking about like feds and stuff, like the people, fucking spying on like other meat directors and shit for feds is fucking ridiculous dude every time every time a wrpf meet goes on and dude i'll tell you what when they tore when they tore alex up over ghost i was fucking livid dude i was the first one to fucking message that dude i'm like bro fuck those people i and dude he's put so much money and time into that shit and like I mean, that's got to be the biggest raw, that's the biggest raw meat in the world. Yeah, like, you think we're just out here, like, throwing meats, and we're like, oh, I guess we'll see what happens. No, like, dude, people like me, like Micah, like, people who are hosting meats and shit, like, we're putting fucking crazy money and time into this shit. It's not like, I guess we'll fuck around and see if the lifters like it. Like, dude, we're trying our hardest, and, like, yeah, it doesn't go to plan all the fucking time. Like, it's it's a live event. It is. Nothing's you know? guaranteed, not to cut you off, but nothing's guaranteed. You're throwing your money into it that you work hard for. And yeah. you don't know if there's always going to be a, a, a benefit to it. Oh, like f- financially, I'm saying. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. You know? I, I, on unvi- uninvitational, dude, I lost minimum, minimum, like four or five grand. Yeah. And like people thought, um, people thought, uh, Whoever asked the cocaine question, get fucked, dude. Just finger blast yourself in a fucking corner, you piece of shit. Um, been clean for nine years, okay? Nine years. So you in the corner just fucking have at it, buddy. Um, but, like, I, everyone assumed, like, since I was sponsored by Kabuki, like, I was just like, oh, they gave me fucking six bars to give away for free at the Uninvitational. Dude, I've been paying those off for an entire fucking year. I, I just finished paying those off out of my own pocket before Kabuki ever sponsored me. Yeah. I had bought those bars for this meet almost a year ago when me and Doug started planning this shit. So, like, if you think people are just, like, giving us... And they like, ain't cheap. For the people that don't know, they, they ain't fucking uh, cheap. No, no. <laughs> I just shipped one of the ones that won. Uh, so, my buddy, um, it was just his one-year sobriety. And so, he... Dude, that motherfucker... Dude, this was this was the most touching story from Uninvitational, hands down. Like my wife came to me and she's like, "I'm gonna step out, I'm gonna cry for a little bit, and then when he comes and tells you, you're gonna cry for a little bit, and we'll just switch off who the fuck's in here crying." Yeah. This dude and his girl, 
flew all the way from fucking Reno. Reno to yeah. my gym in Salisbury, Maryland. And he told Jess, he's like, hey, I, I've looked up to you and Travis for a long time, not only in lifting, but like your sobriety. Mm -hmm. Right. And he said this, I'm almost at my one year. So I wanted to really do a meet at your place because of that. Cause me and Jess, Jess is uh, nine years in December and I'm nine years in January. Wow. And he told us the only reason he did our meet was because of that. And so they <laughs> fucking flew. And on top of that, that motherfucker won best bench for day two. And so, so there you I, go. And that's exactly why you do. That's exactly why you do what you do. And yeah, that pays, yeah. It, was that funny. Pays, it couldn't have worked out any better, dude. That negates a thousand hateful ass comments. You know what I mean? Oh, right there. It, so he left it here, and I said, "Hey, man, like, don't you want to take it with me?" He's like, "It's gonna be hard on the plane, but that's not the reason." Yeah. He, him, and his girl went out and bought gold and silver, like the glittery kind of sharpies. Yeah. He had me open it and have everyone here at the gym, the spotters, loaders, to all of us sign it. That's dope. Sign a brand new, like, Kabuki Cadillac bar. Yeah. He gave out Cadillac bars for Best Bench. And I mailed that motherfucker to him the other day, USPS. And he goes, bro, how much was the shipping? I said, $157, Happer Sobriety date. So, <laughs> so his, his bar is on the way. It's going to be there on uh, Saturday, man. But I was so stoked for him. That's awesome. Uh, to answer some of the questions, yes, I'm coming to uh, Out for Blood. I'll be running it with Jim and Josh out in uh, the fire hall again. We have a fire hall meet that doubles as a um, blood donation drive. Oh, It's wow. called Out for Blood. And it was fucking super cool last year. Um, they actually had all the firehouse wives come out, made fucking chili and meatball sub sandwich. Dude, it was banging food. It was a good time. <laughs> so, yes, I'll be out there for Out for Blood. Um, I appreciate my – my beard, man, dude, I'm trying to get it right. I'm trying to get it right. I'm trying yeah. to grow mine out now, too. Yeah, well, mine was getting wicked again, but then uh, when I got hurt in the hospital, man, they take such shitty care of you in the hospital with, like, showers and stuff. It made it impossible to, like, keep up a nice beard. So um, <laughs> I, uh, I had to shave it and start over, unfortunately. But, yeah, man, thank you for signing up for that. I really appreciate that. I see you there, Jenkin. So let's talk about um... – you know, we talked about, we talked privately about, you know, the new generation of uh, lifters here. I want to talk, let's, let's go raw first and let's talk about just what you think of like the state of raw lifting right now, the, the likes, the dislikes, where the good, the good ways it's heading and the bad ways it's heading. You know what I mean? Okay. Let me, uh, let me empty the tank real quick. I'm, I'm gotcha. dying on this water load. And go ahead. I'll, answer, I'll hold it down. My one guy's uh, question. Thank you for the congrats on nine years. And no, we signed it on all the side parts, so it's not near the grip, so it shouldn't get any sweat or moisture on it. All right, I'm gonna hold it down while he's off taking a leak. Guys, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Mama Bear is now in. Congratulations to you also for your sobriety. Keep the questions coming, everybody. We're gonna have a good time tonight. see who's in here anyone good in here anyone want to talk some shit luther what's up i'm gonna i got some questions for papa bear regarding you john luther so we're gonna talk about that in a few minutes as well make sure you're following your program to a t
And you're getting ready for the ghost. <sighs> Keith, what's up, man? How you doing? Tuned in. Travis is killing it. You know, he gets a little disgruntled at times, but he's killing it. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, man. I had to <laughs> – I'm on uh, – I think I'm on two and a half gallons right now, so I only have a few more to go. Um, I decided to get super bougie today because I've been drinking um, – can you get that off the top shelf? Oh, fuck you, Rob. Um, <laughs> also, for everyone that's going to ask and what Rob's referring to, I'm only – five foot five so yes everything's on the top shelf it's hard for me to reach everyone likes to hang my gear on top of the uh the mono lift yeah <laughs> yeah and gray i do have my swollen eyes on um all that salt gathering right here man right now so um luther yeah, just said uh, luther just said your bench sucks he must be talking to you he's not talking to me so oh he's definitely not talking to me Fuck <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Um, and Tim, you're not five seven, you short fuck. We're the same height, dude. Motherfucker. <laughs> um, but, um, oh, cool. Now my wife's in here antagonized me. Awesome. That's great. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm cranking the mono all the way up next time to air dry your gear. You're dick. You're dick, dude. <laughs> so we actually, uh, the elite mono in this side, um, you might be able to look. This yeah. one, we actually have, there's a cutout on the other side. Because it was so tall when it was cranked up for the other guys, it yeah. fucking would punch holes in the ceiling. <laughs> so when we do the uh, – we're going to do a WRPF here, uh, meet here next year, um, out of a mono, obviously. So I'm going to cut away a couple of the ceiling tiles so it pops in and out and, like, we have enough room for it. Perfect. Um, but while I was peeing, I can't believe one of the guys – and, of course, I've shouted him out on multiple podcasts. Um, another guy that's in this area doing mad shit – ct whitney the guy that owns power belt and king of prussia yeah. ct is a fucking man i hope one of his people are on here shout out to ct he's become a close friend of mine i've done his podcast before done his deadlift events done a meet i did SummerSlam when king of prussia first opened up hell of a dude gives back to the community um can't sing enough praises for him because bobby does all his meets there for usba pa um yeah. hell of a fucking guy dude um love him so I got to group him in with all the fucking people who are doing it the right way. So for sure. For sure. So before you went and took off, we talked, we were talking about the state of the culture right now with like uh, just the new lifting and, and like where the sport's going. So I want to go yeah. off first on the raw side first. What things do you like about where it's going and what things do you want to talk some shit about? So, and I think that's what brought up CT Whitney because power build is primarily obviously not even raw with wraps, just straight up raw. Straight raw, um, yeah. Uh, what can I say? Um, oh yeah, you're getting, you're getting sauna tent pictures tomorrow night, Mongo. Don't you worry, bro. John, you were going to get some good ass pictures. Um, that's the thing. Everyone's got miserable ass pictures of me in that fucking sauna tent of doom. Or we have an infrared <laughs> sleeping bag. And you literally cook yourself like a little baked potato. It's fucking awful. <laughs> that shit works. It's way better than sitting in a sauna. It takes less time too. For sure. Um, but uh, I would say one of the biggest drawbacks of where raw lifting is going right now 
And I've especially experienced now, I think, that I switched into gear is, Tim, get fucked. We're not water cutting for you. You're going to stay fucking fat. Um, <laughs> Tim's not fat, but we're not doing water cut. Pain in the ass. Um, he saved it for this last one. He was like, how do I do this again? I'm like, bro, please don't stress me out right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I think one of the biggest drawbacks with the raw generation right now is – Oh, what's up, Bobby? Shout out to Bobby, BFG Lifting. Just joined Bobby, who runs USPAPA. Um, I've already sang your praises, dude. Love Bobby. Love Jim and Josh. You guys are the fucking man. Um, where raw lifting is going now, and I especially see it at CT's gym, is like people, this lone wolf mindset, right? Picture your guy with like SBD everything headphones on and yeah. of course I, I loved halloween how how appropriately timed this podcast is with all the uh like the spd memes coming out with like the guy with the dangly earring and like, the broccoli you know, haircut yeah the broccoli haircut and like <laughs> matching spd sweatbands included like yeah but it's like it's not that it's the lone wolf mentality of like you're at war you're a wolf among sheep you're a you're a something, but it's like really pushing away from how much camaraderie and how awesome it is at other gyms, right? Yep. So, like, for example, your gym at Hellbent, yep. you guys have a great atmosphere, no matter if it's raw, single ply, it doesn't fucking matter, yeah, yeah. right? You guys have a fucking tight-knit gym, and it's the opposite of my gym, right? Now we have probably like four or five geared lifters here at my gym, but mine's primarily a raw gym. Yeah. Right? But like everybody's still super tight. Everyone knows each other. Everyone knows the gear. Everyone cares, right? Yeah. No matter what division you're in. For sure. I think where raw's heading right now is really disappointing because a lot of them care about the clout. A lot of them care about the looks of the gear. A lot of them care about themselves in this lone wolf mindset where it's like when I first got into it, like it was still such a tight knit thing. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of the raw lifters still stuck together. And like when I would go and I, Hey, that's a good point. He says he really only sees the lone wolf shit with USAPL. Um, I mean, I work for obviously USPA and we get a lot of it. USPA drug tested as well. Um, where they refuse to see the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. They refuse to see, like, helping other people, being a part of it with other people. Um, and it's, it's really disheartening, man. Like, because, of course, like, like Mike. Mike at your – Mike that owns Hellbent. Dude, yeah. Mike gives a fuck. And I know Mike gives a fuck. Yeah, and for sure. That's why I like you, why I like Mike, because you guys try to build that same atmosphere. Yep. Yes, you want to build a top tier level. Mm -hmm. Yes, you want to be fucking ruthless, but at the same time, you do it as a family. Exactly. Right? And that's what I'm, I've built here. And I think a lot of people who have adopted this lone wolf bullshit miss out on seeing that. Right? For sure. And on the flip side of that, you know, there's a lot, um, there's a lot of bullshit that's like old head multiply where people don't want to see – they say they want to see the sport grow. But, like, bro, they, they'd be happier if fucking Ply just crawled right in the fucking coffin with him and died there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, as much as they want to see the sport grow, quote unquote, there's a lot of motherfuckers that don't. Right? Mm-hmm. They'd rather they'd sooner have everyone not try um, multiplier gear and that shit just crawl right in the grave with them and die. Yeah. Right. And me and Jess have experienced this already, like from some a couple older people. I've had some people up north starting to talk fucking shit just because like I'm not doing ply the way they are. Right. Yeah. Like I'm finding my own way with ply. Oh, well, I'm not squatting super wide. And you and me started talking about narrow stance earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Bro. Yeah. Jess of the solar line crawling the fucking coffin. Um. <laughs> Hot grandmas only. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's true, man. Like, there's so many people who want to talk that talk and want to, oh, I want the sport to grow. Oh, I want to see ply grow. Oh, I want to – bro, no, you fucking – if you did, you'd fucking act like it. You'd put some actions sense. into the words. Yeah, yeah. And we just see way too much of that shit on both sides, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, Amber – when I had Amber on, she talked about it as well because um, she was talking about – I can't remember how we got into it. Somebody was, there was um, an online coach offering like a, uh, like a handler for hire. And this guy was like trying to get people to pay him to handle them at meets that he doesn't even coach. So like you can book him for 150 for the day to go wrap your knees and such and so on and so forth. And she was like, she hated how it's taking that camaraderie away from Going Bro. into a gym, talking to people, making friends, becoming family, helping each other, okay. spotting each other, loading weights. A hundred percent. Now, if it's one thing like you and your coach have worked out to like cover some airfare, like if it's really fucking far away, I understand. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, let, let me give you, let me just put it in perspective for you. I have a female. I don't coach her. Mm-hmm. Insane top tier lifter. Who has asked me, ask me, Travis, will you come to this meet a couple hours away and will you be the guy that handles me? I was like, huh? Yeah. Are you are you fucking serious? Like, of course I will. Like, yeah. and she's like, Well, I'll pay you, you know, whatever you want. The fuck you will. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I it's a it's an honor to exactly. be asked by you to come do that. Are you fucking serious? It's an honor. Yeah. For me to come handle you at this meet. Because Absolutely. it's about caring more about the sport in itself. And that's you helping the sport grow, helping your brand grow. You know, like you said with the um, before, like taking a financial loss sometimes. <laughs> these are things that come with the territory. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I'm, la- I'm laughing at Tim Brown. He says, if you're talking to Poppy Bear, you better fucking be wrapping your own knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and you know what? And and saying that shit, I'm about the camaraderie, but you best believe my out-of-breath ass will be bent over in a pair of briefs and LUP wrapping my own fucking shit for this platform this weekend. You Uh, best believe it. I will fucking be reeling those fucking phantoms around my shit before I hobble my little ass out there. So (laughs) um, best believe I will be doing that. And thank you, Tim Brown. You've, You've learned well from me, so... Actually, this is a good question at the bottom here. Would you blame technology for the reason there's less camaraderie? I think that definitely has something to do with it. Um, you know, like you said, the clout chasing and all that stuff. Um, 
and the the almost like the elitist mentality as well. You know what I mean? Like I I think it has a little bit to do with it, but not necessarily the technology because like technology has exposed us to so many great things, right? Like, yeah. dude, I love being able to tune into, uh, for example, um, Laura Phelps, man, dude, she had a fucking awesome little. It was a really short reel of her helping a girl in a shirt, and it was just like, yeah, you know, I watched that earlier. helping, yeah, helping a girl in a SDP and setting the shirt before she um um lied down thank you bobby bobby's bobby's chimed in about tony rudy um so tony rudy has they call him he has a group of kids that reminds me a lot of what i was doing with powerlifting uh club before we had a budget cut at my school but yeah. tony rudy has a big group called team bacon <laughs> of all these fucking younger kids I have a box, a box. I have boxes and boxes and boxes of shit to give him when they make their trip down here. Um, yeah, there we go. Bobby's living it up right now. Tony brings 15-plus kids, ages 12 to 14, to many of his meets. I just helped rep and spot um, that weekend before I came home. I want to see it was the drug-tested DOC challenge. And, dude... I, and that's not the only meet I've done where, where Team Rudy has been there. Yeah. Um, and it's out of his garage. Tony is a fucking man, right? <laughs> Tony is a prime example of a dude giving back to the sport, getting groups together in a sport, and doing it together as a fucking, like, big team family. Yep. Tony, Tony's a fucking man, dude. He truly is. Um, so, go ahead, go ahead. And Bobby is the fucking man for, I mean, just propelling that and having that atmosphere where Tony feels safe, his group of kids feels safe. They always want to come to Bobby's meets because Bobby does such a great job with running the meets, with running the staff, with setting the events up for picking good host facilities where Tony and his entire group of kids, Team Bacon, feel comfortable competing right and that's not a uspa thing that's not a fucking raw versus whatever thing that's a fucking bobby thing okay mm -hmm. and so when we talk about earlier how we got in on you know what meat director what host what fed is running what it's become much more about who is making people feel comfortable for sure who is giving back in their time not the fed for right? sure so bobby bobby is one of those fucking people jim and josh are those people ct whitney is those people yeah. i am one of those people you and you and mike are one of those people michael yeah. moreno is one of those people right like alex uh, Hustler, yeah. right there's people out here who want your their lifters to feel at home to bring people to meets, to want to go to bigger events, you know? And, like, you, like, Bobby, you, you've yeah. seen the American Pro, yeah. right? You've been to the American Pro. You've yeah. been on a big stage, right? But those same people that were at that meet are doing smaller meets, are getting oh, back sure. at smaller meets, right? And that's the greatest shit because yeah. you're seeing top-tier fucking athletes 
also at the little guy meets giving the fuck back. Oh, for sure. I mean, I went, I drove out to PA uh, maybe two months ago to handle one of my clients out there. And I walk in, the first person I run into was Phil Herndon. And I was like, it was a small, like, RPS meet in this small little gym in, in uh, like, the sticks in Pennsylvania. And Phil Herndon was there going for the squat world record. You know what I mean? After I saw him at the American Pro. So it's like, you see this guy who's one of the best squatters in the 242 all time. And going for the sleeved record, because everyone was ripping him saying he could only squat in wraps and so on and so forth. Yeah, right. I walk into this meet with maybe 25, 30 competitors total and Phil Herndon standing there. You know what I mean? It's like, holy shit. I was like, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, what are you doing here? So, you know, whenever the time is right and if you could find uh, the proper meet director, people just go and do it. You know what I mean? And people develop that. The certain meet directors that have developed that certain respect level, they'll get guys in there whether it's a big event like the American pro or it's a small place like at your gym or our gym up here. You know what I mean? We might be able to fit only like when we host meets it's 25, 30 people max. Oh, um, we've had top level oh, guys. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. You know, and like top tier guys come to, um, like my gym, to do our meets. I mean, fucking Zach Myers. Yeah. Zach Myers came to no luck. No luck. The very yeah. first anniversary meet of my gym as as a friend of mine and someone I've programmed and helped for many years. Yeah. I met Zach in the fucking twisting ass hills of West Virginia. <laughs> one of Johnny Lane's old meets. Uh, that's where I met Zach. And this motherfucker come in here as humble as Zach is and as quiet as Zach is in his social media presence. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Mongo were both spotting Zach for that <laughs> while he out-totaled uh, Larry Wheels. That was an all-time Yeah, total. yeah. And it was an honor but to, for Zach to do it here because Zach doesn't need the big stage. He doesn't need the big stage. Now he's, we rebroke it at the American Pro on a big stage. Yeah. But, but Zach didn't give a fuck. No. He and, and that's, that's, you know what I mean? That's a good point. That's something I wanted to ask. I mean, the game, is, this is something Skiba and I talk about often. Regardless of the federation, the judging, whatever, the game is still the game. So, your total is your total, whether you do it in front of 10 people or 10,000 people. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Because I see people say, oh, well, he did that at a, at a you know, a 40-person meet in Long Island. That doesn't count. Or, you know, at the end of the day, the same thing with taking what the judges give you, right? Like, if the judge is, is giving you leeway, you take what you get. You know what I mean? But, like... The total at the end of the day, it's set in stone. So if Zach Myers broke that at your gym or broke it at, I don't know, the WPO or Ghost Clash, right. at the end of the day, like, you were honored that it was at your gym. But at the end of the day, like, he didn't have to he, – he doesn't have to do it at either one. He could pick, pick and choose, and it, and it means the same. You know what I mean? 
It does. And I and here's where and I'm glad I'm glad you and me are having this conversation and I'm glad other people are listening to this conversation. Right? Okay, so and I think um who who do I want to include in this? I think I think Phil. I think Phil is a very good example. Mm-hmm. Herndon. Yeah. Um I think Zach Myers is a great example of this. I think um Oh, and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh uh Iron Life 71. I didn't mean to uh uh not um answer your question. Yes, I do have some younger lifters that still come to my gym, but what really fucking makes it for me because I love I love giving all my big gear and stuff. But what real what really makes it for me is about this time this year, uh, and Thanksgiving break and Christmas break. My kids, my kids, not my flesh and blood kids, my kids from the high school who I raised in the powerlifting club, who I fucking worked out with after school. They come home from the Marines, the Navy, the Army, and they fucking come see me at my gym as as alumni. And that fucking, dude, that, that's some shit for me, dude. Oh, for sure. When I see, when I see Brooks, when I see Cam, when I see, um, all these guys come home from deployment, from boot, and come see me. Just to come come see the gym, dude. It that makes it all worth it. Dude, God, yeah, it does. Dude, I, okay, so let me put this in perspective for you. Um, Trevor Holmes, okay? Trevor Holmes, one of the kids I taught who was in my strength and fitness class, was in my powerlifting club. I've taught him, this makes me feel old, and his two other brothers. Mm -hmm. And when Trevor came home that first year, um, he, he actually came and staffed No Luck One here at my gym. He was, he was like, Raj, let me help you. Like, I'm home from break from college. Like, I'd love to help you. He, um, he, works, for, he works in the fire department and uh, does EMT stuff, too. He staffed my first event, stayed to the end. Mm-hmm. And when we cleaned up, he was like, holy fuck. <laughs> He was like, do you, do you, he was like, Raj, do you remember when we were just in the fucking high school weight room talking, like all this shit, all this shit was just words. That you just visualized back then. Like, yeah. You, you... Like I told the kids, I was like, one day we're going to host meets. One day we're going we're gonna to have our own spot one day. And then he was like, dude, when I come home from college, and I got to step into your real gym for the first fucking time. He's like, this was fucking awesome, dude. He was like, 
and then watching all these people come out here and compete at your spot for the first time, like, dude, I, I, I nothing better. I couldn't nothing better. And dude, it was just so humbling to have one of my kids come back and get to see all this shit we used to just talk about mm-hmm. become become real now. And dude, sure. it, was, it just took my shit away, man. Uh, we just got kicked out of live for some reason. Hold on, I'm trying to get going. I don't know what the hell just happened. Maybe we reached the hour limit. Oh, yeah, it was an hour. That's why. Oh, we got booted because it was an hour? Yeah, it could only be an hour max. So. All right, well, we're back in action. So one thing I always ask somebody, like, uh, you know, you and I coach both online and in person and stuff, you know, Something, and I know how you're going to answer this already, but there's no better feeling. You would throw all your numbers out the window to see clients hit a PR or a world record or, you know, that's much more rewarding to guys like us than it is any number that we could put out there. Now, what what do you think about, um, I wanted to talk to you about, we were talking about the, the new generation of lifters and the state of everything. Client-wise, have you noticed a change in the type of clients you're getting at the beginner level, Um, people being entitled to things, people feeling a certain way, people expecting more from you than than maybe you give, you know, stuff like that? Um, So I didn't didn't coach again for a really long time. Um, I told told myself I wouldn't, not because I didn't want to, but because – um, I didn't believe in it for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there was a, a part where I was like, you know, if this was in person, yes. Yep. But I think it was because of so many bad experiences I had. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? So I think I get a lot of people that are, have done a meet or two. Mm-hmm. And of course, like, I've coached Zach. I've coached some other high-level lifters. Um, But I get more, like, beginner to intermediate. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it's like you and me talk about, like, throwing numbers out the window and stuff. I don't know if we would have got those clients without our numbers, without those stories. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. You know what I mean? So it's it's hand in hand. Yeah. You know? You you built your brand because of the lifter you are, then turns into the powerlifting, let's say, personality that you are, right. um, what you give back to the sport. So all that stuff helped you build your brand. But what I'm saying is, like, do you, you know, we talked online privately, like, people with their sense of entitlement coming into the sport, like, the sport owes them something, Um like go, going even going back to what you were saying about the lone wolf thing, like people stepping into the sport and acting like, uh, you know, they're here to run the show when they haven't put any time in, they haven't put done anything for the sport itself rather than just what they do for themselves personally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. You know, it's just 
it, it's crazy to think about like the bigger picture. Like you and I have seen the bigger picture. You know, we've we've hosted meets, we've been a part of teams, we've traveled, we've been at uh, you know, backyard meets, we've been at the biggest meets there are. You know what I mean? To see people come into the sport and and almost you know, with no regard for like what, what really goes into everything. I think here's my, here's my thoughts on this. And I know it's played out, but I think people need to pay their dues. Right. And I, exactly. that's a concept that gets put out there a lot that, you know, are your dues paid? Right. And I think there's different levels to that. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, as a newcomer into the sport, I think you should be open. I think you should be trying to learn from everybody, you know, new guys, young guys. Yeah. Never stop trying to learn, man. Yep. Never. The, mo the minute you decide you want to stop learning or you think, you know, a bunch of shit, you don't, man. And that'll be the time to bite you in the ass. Like I'm constantly trying to learn. I'm constantly reading new material. I'm constantly writing new material. Um, the powerlifting phenom. Who are we referring to with this? He's talking about Nabil. And actually, uh, I'm actually very close with Nabil. Um, yeah. So if you want to speak on that. Um, so he came and did King of the Cave here. King of the Cave 2. And there was a deadlift that was passed. It got two, two to one white lights. Yep. I was the red light. Yep. It was a very controversial pull. I was pretty pissed at the other judges. Um, it should have been. It should have not counted. So I. Why did you red? Why did you red light it? Uh, downward motion and soft lockout. Okay. Yeah, there was two reasons. You could have took your pick. Yeah. Um. So what I told them was. You know, there's a lot of discrepancy on the internet that it shouldn't have counted and all that stuff. And there are some people that were like, judges don't know what they're doing. The only guy that gave a red light, that's the only judge that knows what he's doing, all this shit. So I told him, I said, hey, man, how about this? I'll give you a free invite back to the uninvitational. And you pull 700 for the first time in front of me and two international judges I trust. So that yeah. way, when it, when it goes, it goes. And there it will goes. be no debate. Yep. And he did it. He came back. Barely. Good. Barely. He almost bombed out. Wow. Yeah, it was really close. Um, but the thing was, man, I don't think he needs to hear that conversation. Um, and I think it's because you don't, uh, you might not know him in person. Uh, Nabil's very different in person than he is on Instagram, like many people are, right? Um, I've had people tell me they think I'm, I showcase myself as much more like arrogant on Instagram than Same. in real life. Same. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it, I think it goes to say like, you don't know, you don't know some of these people and how they really are. So I would say Nabil doesn't need to hear that. He's very, every time he's here, he's so respectful. He loves my wife. He loves me. Um, he's always very, very polite in here. Shakes all the refs hands. I've never, never once was like, Oh, I hate this guy. Oh, he needs to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. is this the kid? Is this the kid? I I'm I'm uh, unsure who who we're talking about. Is this the kid with the really long hair? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. I'll have to, I'll have to do my research because I'm I'm confused as to who we're talking about. He's he's a really good um, 148 class lifter. 
Gotcha. Okay. okay. Well, yeah, he's like 148 pulling seven roll. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I got to get up on those smaller guys. Yeah. But, I mean, um, um, as far as speaking of all that stuff, dudes, I think there's too many people that think they know their shit, that think, you know, they've been in the sport one or two years, they know everything, that they just don't give stuff a chance, man. Like, you, you have no room to talk. Like, mm-hmm. like, when I ask people, like, what have they given? What have they done? You know, what, what meets have you worked at? What meets have you done? Like, people think competing is giving back. No. I was like, motherfucker, you registered for a meet to compete for your competition you trained for. You, you didn't give anything back. Exactly. You know, you're not giving back to the sport. You're not doing any time. You're not helping another person. You're not passing on knowledge or gear. You're not any of those things. And it's like, so for me, like, you know, and I, I don't speak it from a high place because, like, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I really don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when people ask me, like, what I've given, I'm like, dude, I've I've given everything. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely fucking everything. Yep. Like, money, time I didn't have, money I didn't have. Like, I've given absolutely everything. My fucking legs. <laughs> <laughs> But people just don't understand that, man. They just haven't been through any of that, and they haven't spent enough time on opposite sides of the platform. I mean, well, that that's that gets us back to what we were saying with that lone wolf mentality. So many people do it, doing it for themselves, but not knowing the history behind it, and not knowing that this sport was grown because of the lifters supporting each other, growing the sport on their own. And what what the lifters have given back to the next lifter and the next lifter and, and whatever it may be, and that that camaraderie we talked about and building teams and building a family environment, um, the stuff that seems to be heading the other direction nowadays, I, I think that's giving these people this mentality as this is a selfish sport when really it, it's it's far from. I would say bodybuilding is a far more selfish sport than powerlifting ever could be. Um, just for instance, today I walk into Hellbent and I say, hey, I want to try briefs on. Eight different people are like, try these, try these, try these, try these. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's exactly how powerlifting has grown to where it is now. You know what yeah. I mean? And I mean, like, it's never been more apparent to me than that, than in, in, in gear. Yep. So, like, for example, at the meet last weekend, I ran a merch table. So, like, yeah. I, I sold some new Papa Bear drops, stuff for the charity. I did some of that while I was competing. And in between wow. attempts, I was sitting there running the table. Dude, I'd have <laughs> random people come up to me and be like, hey, man, um, this is a little big on me or this is a little small on me. It might fit you or one of your guys here, man. Dude, I came home with a carpenter bag, like a black carpenter bag yeah. full of I'm, – I'm talking probably four or $5,000 worth of gear. Holy shit. Yeah. People there just give it up because they know you transferred over to gear, so now people are trying to help you out. But that's yeah, and they and they know I'm trying to pass it on to other people. So like, I had like two shirts for my wife to try on. I got two more guys here that are getting his shirts. I had an old pair of briefs I was passing down. Like, I've never seen anything like it in multi man. It's yeah. it, multi and gear is insane. Like, oh for sure. I was I was welcomed with open arms, even from a raw background. Like, yeah. When I when I got first got the death wish, like. Ralph didn't know me from a fucking hole in the wall. And he was just like, bro, like, I got you. Whatever. Yeah. No matter what it is, I got you. For sure. And, 
He's like, it's an honor to have you. And just, dude, suited me the fuck up. Like, it was incredible. So I want to get into some uh, some questions you got on Instagram. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, I mean, you've talked about this a lot in previous podcasts, and just you're kind of an open book kind of guy on your on your Instagram, but... What what was the biggest mental obstacle for you, you know, coming through, going through that brutal injury and your comeback? Um, watching how bad it, uh, watching how bad it hurt my wife and, uh, like the other people at the gym. Not having the, the same, um, the same Travis that they were used to, you know, seeing you down. Yeah. For yeah. A while man, or that was, like that. It was, it was so hard on, on Jess, dude. I was, I, I, most of the time, like, yeah, it happened to me and yeah, I had to go through it and yeah, I had to be not, the dude. It, it hurt me so much more watching how much it hurt her than it ever did me. For like, sure. For sure. Mental, mentally, I'm, mentally, I'm there, man. Like, I, I can fucking, I'm a lockbox, dude. Like, I fucking deal with it. I can handle yeah. it. I'm mentally strong enough. But like, watching her break down, it fucking ruins me, man. Like, it just, well, I mean, you were, you were locked in the day. The day surgery was complete, you were locked in. I was, I was, you know, I was following along, and I was like, "This dude's gonna bounce right back." You know what I mean? And she, and she knew I would too. But I mean, just the process and like how detrimental it was, man. I remember, fuck, dude, um, dude. I remember being in the emergency room, and I was like, "Oh yeah, man, it's cool. Like, I'll, I'll be, it's probably dislocated knee. They're gonna push it back into place. I'll probably be squatting like next weekend." Like, I was just like <laughs> super, super pumped and like. But she knew, dude. She looked at me and she's like, "No." Nah. She just, she's looked. She's like, "No, this is, this, this is so it." She didn't have to say it. Like I could see it in her face, but she was just like, she knew it was so much worse than it looked. Bro. Yeah, yeah. So much worse. Um, um but someone like, asked, someone asked, oh, "Will you post more stuff about your programming?" Oh, okay. So, um. So I do offer some program. I used to only do strictly programming because I fucking hated dealing with people so much. Um, and like you said, I'm more of an open book, so I'll kind of explain it that way too. Yeah. Um, I'm really good at programming and I really like analyzing stuff, but I don't like dealing with people. Okay. Because people have a lot of fucking excuses and I don't really give a fuck. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you say, can I have another one? Um, sorry, I'm still trying to drink all this water. You're the man. Look, look at the stack. I'm getting a stack of them over here, just empty cans. <laughs> me. Um, but uh, people always want to, you know, oh, I didn't sleep enough. I did, I weren't. I worked late. I, I, uh, I didn't drink enough water. Like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck. All these are variables you can control. Yep. All of them. And, and this is them. this is something I've mentioned, you know, before on the podcast, but you know, you're, you're a good person to talk to about this too. You know, people like you and I, other coaches, um, top level lifters. Um, I, I feel like people just think we automatically have like this switch turned on 24 seven. Like we don't have our own struggles. We don't have to motivate ourselves. They just feel like we, we just have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that they talk to us as if we don't understand what it's like being on low sleep. Or we don't understand what it's like to be stressed yeah. out. When when really, they have no clue what we're going through because we don't bitch about it. We just put our fucking big boy pants on and we go and get the shit done. You know what I mean? Yeah, and um, that's always what's going to separate you between um, a mediocre lifter doing programming and someone who's going to fucking make top 10. Exactly. You're either going to fucking bitch or you're going to fucking get it done. 
Yeah, for sure. So that's that's the problem, you know, I've been having lately too because I've noticed as years have passed now. Now I've been training people seven or eight years, but only in the powerlifting realm, about two years. But um, you know, I I start I'm starting to get a little more tougher with my love. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I used to try to be Mister like, oh, it's okay, Mister Positive, Mister Positive. But you know, look what you went through. And look where you are now. You know what I mean? Like from from past stuff, drug addiction to powerlifting to a catastrophic double quad tear to back here on the platform. You know, it's it, you're the epitome of of persevering through that kind of adversity. You know what I mean? So it's it's hard to listen to other people complain about small shit like they had a rough day at work on a nor like at their normal nine to five job sitting at a desk like so you know. i will say um i i'm actually i'm probably working in the opposite direction because you said you've gotten tougher with your love i think you're trying to calm it down <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> so and i mean jess jess has sold, sold this to me too um for those listening who don't know jess my wife i'm talking about mama bear rogers um she's she has definitely changed me as a person not intentionally you know one like oh you need to change but like, yeah 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 she has made me i mean softened you up yeah well yeah 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 for <laughs> sure. that's a good way to put it she has softened me up a little bit um and i know some people listening to this would be laughing like this is you softened up <laughs> I was like, not very soft but i mean very much so based on what i was like between her and like running the charity and stuff like that's really changed me a lot. And then of course, um, the injury, man, the injury, uh, injury changed me a lot. For it's sure. When she told me that she's like, you're different. You can well, just it, humbles, it humbles you, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. 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 You go out there, you're, you're, you're stringing together great meats. Your brand is growing rapidly and then boom, you know what yeah. I mean? You watch it all get taken away from you. Yeah. And, and you know, 99 out of 100 people they would have been done there you know what i mean yeah okay so real talk um and we i i discussed this the other night um there was one night like i i'd been holding it together dude like i said i'm a lockbox like i hold it together yeah fuck with that shit but uh i remember one night we had the handicap the uh the hospital bed in the living room right yeah and she was just like talking to me about something and, like, I remember, like, I don't know what triggered it, but, dude, I finally just, like, let it go. And I had, like, a fucking meltdown. Yep. And because I told her, I was, like, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to sit back and be a coach. I wasn't ready to be a gym owner. I wasn't ready to, like, be the dude watching you in the monolith and be like, well, back in my day, I used to squat the – like, dude, it, I wasn't ready, and I yeah. told her, and I, when they told me, like, you're going to walk funny for the rest of your life, and you're never going to compete again. Yeah. Dude, like, hearing that from somebody, like. Worst thing her, you could hear. Yeah, I told her, I was like, dude, this this can't be it. Like, this can't be, this can't be what's over for me. Yeah. And, dude, just losing my fucking mind that night. Oh, for sure. But I think that, that night that I broke down that hard, like, uh, like that was that was the turning point. That was like your epiphany night. That was my like, okay, then we'll. I 
well, I don't want to be done, so we're, we're fucking not going to be done. And yeah, then, for sure. And then I was strapping my shit into a wheelchair and doing pull-ups and shit like the next week. <laughs> so. so somebody else wants to know, I mean, we kind of already answered this, but favorite federation to compete in and why? Um, so here, how about this? I'll answer it this way. So obviously a couple of people have already heard and I already showed. I, I work for the USBA uh, mm-hmm. as Maryland, Delaware state chairman and also a national referee um, and director. But I've competed pretty frequently in RPS um, just because they had some close by ones in PA and New Jersey, but I'm also looking to branch out. So this weekend will be my first WRPF yep. and I'm already looking at some SPF and uh, IPA meets like, dude, I just want to, I, where I'm at in my life, like I want to try, I want to try it all, man. I want to, I want to say I've done it all. I want to be in every division. I want to fucking try every fed. So Here's a good question that that actually follows up with what we were just talking about. Now, you were already, I mean, pretty well locked into the sport prior to the injury. What This says, what was the moment you decided that this was like what you're going to do till death? Now, was that already known prior to the injury or after the injury? You're like, I'm coming back and this is what the fuck I'm made to do. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. No, I, I knew that before the injury. That's probably what propelled me more through the injury too. Because you um, already knew. Yeah. So when I when I got when I got sober, um, I came to terms with it pretty quick. I was like, if this is the thing that gave me a second chance, that gave me a new life, I would be okay with it taking it as well. Yep. So. When I decided that, I was like, "This, this is it. If, if, if it fucking, if, if it loads up and crushes me, like, fuck it. That was the way I'm supposed to go out. Yeah, this, yep. this is what gave it back to me. So I'm happily. If it takes it away, then that's that's the best that's way. For me what's to meant to go. be. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Duffalo bar for bench. Yeah or nay? Fuck yes. Oh my god, I love me some raw Duffalo bench. Me too. Best, best believe as soon as this fucking multi meets over. I'm so ready to get back and try out some raw bench and like from handling like overload weights and shirts and shit. I'm betting it's, it's still a pretty good number. So I'm, I'm oh, looking I'd say forward so. to it's some probably raw gonna blow up. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. So uh, I'm a duffalo whore. I like it for squats. I like it for bench. I'm, I'm a fan. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, advice for young beginner lifters. Uh, we talked a little bit about this open sponge, man. Be an open book. Read, read books. Oh, my God. Fucking read, dude. Read. Read. Please read. You got to yeah. read. Yes. And uh, Keller, I just saw that comment. Um, he said Travis going to start his own federation with variation bars. We joked we were going to call it Peepaw's Variation Federation. I'd be in. <laughs> it was like squat on a duffalo. You had to, like, bench on a Cadillac bar, and you had to, like, deficit deadlift or something dumb. Well, count me in for the first one. I'm in there. Yeah, it'd be fun, dude. Yeah, that'd be some wild shit. Like, and we can mix it every time. So it'd be like powerlifting, but the variations would mix every time, like strongman rotations. It'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, I, I'm down. Um, what is your most meaningful tattoo? Ooh. Um, so I have a lot of little numbers on me. I, actually, I think most of my smaller pieces, like jammers and stuff, mean more to me than a lot of the big pieces. Yeah. Um, of course, I have, like, smaller sobriety tattoos that mean a lot to me. Like, I've counted down the years. Um, 
I have 1665. I actually have some dumbass kids in my high school be like, was that the year you're born? I'm like, dude, it's very clear you're terrible at math. I would be fucking ancient. Um, but so 1665 was my first international elite total at 181. And then it went 16. And then I think under my hands all cut up. I have an 18. Uh, I have a 1901 on my throat. So um, best to believe after this weekend, if all goes well, 2K is going somewhere. The 2K plus somewhere? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I would say like smaller ones where like I remember who I was with, what I was doing at the time. Like those are almost, they're like milestones. Like they're almost, they're so much more touching than a lot of bigger pieces. I actually have one of my favorite pieces is uh, pretty close to my ball sack, actually. Um, Yeah, I've tattoos that go pretty fucking far. Um, so when we did no luck two, no luck two, me and my buddy, uh, Tim Putman got matching tattoos in the fucking gym. So that was on my, that was on my bucket list. I was like, I want to get tattooed in my own gym. So we had our buddy, Sean Washburn, uh, who was competing. I was like, Hey man, like, I know you're competing. Um, would it be too much? Like when we were done competing, like maybe you could do like a jammer. He goes, I get really nervous the day before the meet. So I'll do it before the meet, so that way I have something to take my mind off of it. I was like, fuck yeah, cool. Yeah, that works. So we got I – drew, I drew him up. I drew up a cowboy boot with, like, a little canyon background and, like, cactus. And mine says howdy, and it's, like, it's up near my dick. It says howdy. Yeah. And then his says partner, and his is, like, on his calf. So we have matching howdy partner tattoos. <laughs> so, but it's, like, dumb ones like that that make you laugh, that you, you really appreciate the memories and the good times. Like, those are the ones I truly like. Gotcha. All right, here's an interesting one. Um, I'm not quite sure what it means, but maybe you could decipher. How do you make a decision to fully invest in your team or certain members of your gym? Are you talking about – I wonder if they're talking about like as a business owner, like how I invest in like, like if one person asked me for something versus like something in necessity for the whole group. Is that how it's? I, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe fully invest in the in the, the gym as a whole over certain. Me- I don't know. I'm not really sure what he means. Um, I treat everyone equally here. Like I'm pretty equal. Um, yeah. I give everybody shit. Like I give everyone hand me downs. I try to make sure everyone's included on everything. Um. The whole team here spots and loads at meets and shit. Like, we have a fucking solid crew here. Uh, yeah. I've only had to let two people go that were making it. My, that's my number one rule. If you jeopardize the gym's happiness and safe place feeling, you're fucking done. Yeah. Like, everyone that comes here has been through the shit. Like, we have recovered addicts here. We have people who have been on suicide watch. We have had – you have quite the collective amount of people. But everyone's been through some fucking well, that's, that's kind of powerlifting across the board. You know it is. Mean? But I'm saying, like, this is a place where people come to feel safe, to do what they love. Not be judged. Yeah, it's a form of therapy for them. And as soon as you fucking jeopardize that, you're gone. Yep. I, I get rid of you immediately. There's not even, there doesn't even need to be a conversation about it. Like, if you jeopardize my family's home and happiness, fucking gone. And your name. You know what I mean? That's your name. That's your business. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, if they're, if they're, have you ever had to get rid of somebody for things they were doing outside of the gym, social um, media, anything like that, or have a talking to with somebody like, hey, not really. You kind of no, got I, my I, name. I have one of the. I haven't had one of those yet. Gotcha. So you're, uh, 
Is it your? Are you have? Are you sponsored by a beard company? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So your beard. Yeah. Your beard sponsor wants to know what it's like to be such a good-looking, talented, muscular, <laughs> tattooed, bearded god of a man. Um, <laughs> it's funny because um, my wife is ten years older than me, uh -huh. and she's basically aging in reverse. She just keeps getting better and better looking, and I just keep getting a little furrier and a little more tattooed. So I just kind of look <laughs> like dumb. Um, so I mean. I, I think in the looks department, she definitely won that. So she still sticks with me. So I guess it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's got its perks. Yeah, um, there you go. I know it'll break my, my sponsor's heart, but she does like my beard a little a little thinner. It's uh -oh. getting, uh, but right now I'm in the point where it's starting to lay down. It's still curling a little bit, but I'm yeah. almost through that rough stage. The ugly so stage. I told, her, I told her, I was like, just hold out. Hold out for like one month <laughs> and it will be good. That's the stage I'm in right now. Like, I'm waiting for it to, like, drop down so I could fade into it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how many bears could Papa Bear Papa if Papa Bear could Papa Bears? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, God, I feel like there's some kind of pun in that. Oh, that came so... from Ryan Critty. Do you know who Ryan Critty is? Critty. I know lots of Ryans. I'm probably bad with. I'm. Do you know he was, on, he was on my podcast with Skiba last week, but I didn't post it to Spotify yet. But I posted the videos. Big multiply guy, huh. um, out in Long Island. I don't think we've talked. But that that was just him. This is just how he talks on every. He posts. Oh, word. He posts this cryptic shit to me all the time too. <laughs> well, maybe he'll like this. Um. So if, if we did have multiple Papa Bear interests, um. We always joke that we would run a bear cave after dark here, which is like exactly what it sounds. So yeah, yeah. we were like, if we, if we were hard up for some cash, we couldn't keep the electric bills on. We would do the bear cave after dark. And make like a little only fan, a pop of bear only. Yeah, bear. yeah, yeah. I told him I had too many recognizable tattoos, though. They would be like, oh, yeah, that's Mr. Raj. That's my teacher. Yeah, so there's, there's, no, there's no way you could pull that off. No, not until I retire. All right, and the, I saved the best question for last, but it might start an internet war. Oh, shit. Okay. Who wears the bandana better, you or me? Oh, oh okay. So, <laughs> okay. So, back now, you can believe this. You can choose to believe this or not. Um, so, back when we had the barn, the original bear cave, right? Yeah. I had found a barn on Craigslist. We were in there for two years before I bought this building. Um, it was, there was no HVAC and no HC. Oh, I'm talking self-wrapping your knees, 100 degrees. It was fucking terrible, dude. Ugly. Drenching, drenching, right? So um, I was wearing bandanas all the fucking time when we were in there because yeah. I, love, I love hats, I love beans, but, dude, you would soak through. Like, you'd have sweat in your eyes and shit. So I was rocking bandanas um, for quite a while, way before I met you. And yeah. I'm going to have to fucking send you pictures from, like, old rps meets of me rocking bandanas out on the platform i gotta i gotta see it to believe it all right i will send you a couple man i, I have fucking <laughs> proof i got the proof um i'll still say i'll let you have it though i still think you rock the bandana a little bit better than me i, I appreciate that i appreciate it <laughs> so i'll uh, wait hold on we just got a question uh hey dudes 245 bench good for a 15 year old hell yes it is yeah that's really good i don't care if you weigh 400 pounds it's still very good yeah, no, 100%, yeah. I'm just trying yeah, to scroll up now. Most of my, uh, Rob, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I am crying in, like, literally all. Dude, the the pictures from this coming weekend are going to be mortifying, dude. There's going to be, 
my eyes would just be like this the whole time, just swollen shut from crying the entire. It's gonna be like six hours of crying. It's gonna be terrible. <laughs> Rob, Rob's gonna keep up with me for like the first thirty minutes, and then he'd be like, "Dude, if you don't shut the fuck up and pull it together, I'm not gonna handle you the rest of the day." You're you're a big like emotions guy when you compete. Dude, I'm so I'm so emotional during meets. Like nationals, when I when I won 2019 nationals, dude, everyone, no one talked to me. No one yeah. talked. No one talked to me. I sat in the very back behind the curtain in a chair in the very back and just cried and stared for probably like six hours straight. <laughs> and then when it was all over, everyone was like, bro, that was the most incredible shit I've ever seen. They're like, I didn't know if you were going to, you're going to cry or you're going to fucking stab me to death. He's like, you were so terrifying. But I was like, yeah, man, I just had to get it all out. I sat behind the curtain looking at pictures of my high school kids, like from the powerlifting team, just bawling my eyes out. Yeah, I'm the yeah. same way. Skiba fucking roasts me 24-7 about that shit. What? Just getting a, uh, Dude, I never cry when sad shit or bad shit happens. It's no. Only, it's only happy shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah when, I, when I went to the fucking American Pro and was all overhyped and then bobbed out, I was like, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I went there and fucking won it, I would have been a mess. Oh, dude, I'm I'm fucking awful. Are you serious? I'm I cry every every meet we host here. I cry. Yeah, I believe it. Dude, I cried. I cried when we gave awards away on the last day. I was like, <laughs> uh, the the dude that the Cirillo, his um, his the guy with the sobriety told you that came from Reno. Yeah, he yeah. won that Cadillac bar, and I had to give him the Cadillac bar. I was like, and no one else gonna for you. What this gets it for you? I was such a bitch. <laughs> I was such a bitch, man. I cried the whole fucking time. All right, so how I like to wrap everything up? Want to give you open mic, talk some shit, plug things that you're working on, plug some people, plug your Instagram, your whatever you gotta do. Leave some advice. Say what you got to say. Open forum. All right. First thing, I'll thank somebody. Um, so I want to give a huge shout out to Rob and Tiff at F8 Customs. Bro, they have been so supportive of me, so kind to me, been altering and fixing all my gear for my fucking short ass that doesn't fit anything right. They have been nothing but incredible people to me. So Rob you, alters a ton of our stuff for us. Dude, so he, they are the fucking best people. So yep. if you ever have need to get shit altered, need a bench bar, want to get into band, crazy shirts, they, please hit them up, man. They deserve your support. They're great fucking people. Um, second person, I'm going to shout out, uh, big shout out to the Kabuki Strength team. Uh, without them helping me out through some of this rehab, Chris Duffin giving me his personal protocols for BPC, all that shit to get me walking again. I couldn't be more thankful for them and their sponsorship for our bars this year. For me, personal items, like, and being part of the pro team now, like, they, they put me on the pro team when I got fucked up. So yeah. it wasn't even, like, yeah, it was awesome. It wasn't at the top of your game. That's... Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that meant even more to me. So for sure. shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Liam for Zone Smelling Salts. They've been contributing to my charity for three years now. We just dropped the new ammonia last Friday. If you haven't had it, it's in the red bottle. It'll melt your fucking face off. Um, it's really bad shit. <laughs> it's like it's it's real bad like they were like travis you want this for the meat and then last week i'm like bro i'm just doing openers like get the fuck yeah. away from me with that. Like, I, don't, I don't need it for that shit they're like it's fun i'm like dude i i sit i pack the orders it's not fun it, yeah fucking take my whole house stinks um we're gonna have to get a care package for hellbent put together dude i i will send you some stuff but 
just just fucking be careful with dude you can smell yes. box through the everything it's so bad oh, but God. um shout out to this and this shout out is for real shout out to my wife my referees my staff here at the cave my people at the cave i could not ask for a better fucking group of people to do this shit with to run meets with to just fucking do any of this shit with you guys are my heart like i fucking love you guys um I'm going to be a fucking pussy. I'll probably cry right now. <laughs> but they're all coming to the meet this weekend to make sure I'm not in a fucking wheelchair again. So I can't thank everybody enough for that. Like, it truly means everything to me. Like, I, w- I would not be able to get back on this fucking horse without these people. So uh truly sure. means awesome. Uh, the ex- ever-expanded Papa Bear <laughs> team right now, I will give up to that, too. Never thought I'd be coaching this many people at one time. So shout out to all my people. I know I've had a couple of people join in. Um, so I've just, I've been very fortunate and blessed and lucky. And I, yeah, I worked my ass off for it. But dude, these people have been nothing but amazing to me. So I'm super thankful for all that shit. Um, so thank you guys. Thank you very much. Um, so while we're on that topic, I'll talk some shit. Yo, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. Uh, I, I usually don't talk my shit. Like I usually, I was usually pretty humble, pretty conservative raw and shit like that because I'm the guy that likes to do, let the numbers do the talking for it. Because when someone talks shit, it's super easy because the world has blessed us with the ever sweet, open powerlifting where I can type your dumb fucking name in and see exactly <laughs> how much you fucking suck. Okay. So just remember when you talk that fucking shit, you can do a little skid diddly do and look up anyone's weight class by a keyboard and see where the fuck you are. And if you've ever even competed before, you dumb piece of shit. So just remember, when you think, oh, I used to do that. No, you fucking hadn't because I, I, bitch, I looked. We looked. By the time you told me you've done that, I already looked. You did. <laughs> I already looked at shit because I think it's so funny to be able to punch that shit in and get a play. Oh, I do it too. I look up everybody. I Every. love it. I love it. It's so easy. It's so fucking easy. So... Um, you can look me up at 1940 for raw and equipped. You look me at 1851 in sleeves. And after this weekend, you can fuck me look up for unlimited 2K plus too. So all you stupid motherfuckers that are like, oh, he's only strong because he's in gear. You can fucking look me up anytime you want. Check Google. them stats. Check them stats cards, man. So <laughs> I'm fucking ready to shut some stupid motherfuckers down this weekend. I hope you come up and try to shake my hand so I can spit in your fucking face. Like, I'm not playing no shit this weekend because I'm so tired of working my ass off and being nice to people who fucking don't deserve it. So keep that in mind before you come up with the howdy duties this weekend to shake on it because I'm not being fucking about it. I like it. I like it. All right, bro. Well, good luck to you. We'll be in touch. Um, Pleasure having you. Got a friend in me. You got a fan in me. You got a fan at Hellbent. The Hellbent's always here for you, dude. Um, I, and I, I'm, I'm gonna make you hold me to it. I really want to come down and do one of you and Skiba's meets down there. I really right. do. For sure, I'll let you know as soon as we have dates lined up. I'll send them your way. Um, you already know I'm, I'm federation free, so I'll fucking compete in whatever it is. So there you go. As long as it's sanctioned, I don't fuck with the unsanctioned shit. Just know that, you know, the real do recognize the real. You know what I mean? I so you are appreciated. You are appreciated by the guys in the sport. Um, we do recognize you for what you do. That's why you're here. I wouldn't have you up here if we didn't. 
Um, we appreciate you, man. Well, thank you for having me, Bobby. And make sure you give a shout out to Mike and all the boys and girls down there. Also, yeah. man, your girls team down there is fucking insane, it's dude. Insane. I just started following like everybody. Like I slowly, I've been following some of them, but slowly getting to to follow the rest of the girls team. Yeah. Fuck, dude. They're, Pro probably gotta, probably one of the best girls teams around. Hell, yeah, dude. Yes, man. Hey, shout out to everyone on here. If you're not following the Hellbent, what is it? The Bells of Hell? Bells of Hell. Bells of Hell. If you're not following some of that shit, dude, get on it. Those girls will make you look like a bitch. You For look sure. like a pussy compared to those women. Those women can get it the fuck done. For sure. I love it. I love it, man. Sure. I love it. Also, um, last shout out, Sam Brown from Elite FCS. Um. Me and Sam are putting together, and I know Mike's told you about this a little bit already. Yep. Uh, we are putting together a geared seminar here at the cave for anybody who wants to attend. The money is going to the main event project, mm -hmm. my foundation, and Jimmy Cole's scholarship foundation. So Perfect. we are giving away mad shit to charity and giving our time to make sure you can see some equipped lifters lift, talk, and run their mouths like we always do. So we're going to have a really good time here. This is coming late February. We're going to be posting more about it really, really soon. All right, so that brings up a good point. If you're into powerlifting at all, please follow at the main event project. Please follow Kolb Strong Scholarship, I believe. Yep, that's the one, yep. Um, follow these. These are people doing great things for the sport, for up-and-coming lifters, for female lifters. Absolutely. Um, so please follow those those uh, brands. Follow my man, Papa Bear Rogers. Follow also, if you want to find out how to contribute more to your area sport, especially spotting and loading events, staffing things, helping out, and putting your walk where you're trying to put your talk, please reach out to me. Reach out to Bobby. We can direct you where sure. you want to go. And damn, that's a good goal. I want to be as strong as my cousin Zach Myers. Zach Myers is very fucking. We strong. all want to be strong, like Zach. Yeah, Myers. we all want to be strong. Like Zach. <laughs> Zach will say shit to me like Travis. Man, I hope I'm like you one day. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? You're so much stronger than me. <laughs> you, you've been better than me, my my brother. So, um, I appreciate everyone that tuned in, Bobby. It's been real, man. I'm glad to be on. For here. sure, we'll do it again, man. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I will talk to you uh, probably during this weekend. Yes, sir. Good luck. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Later, Later man.